0: There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander.
1: Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. The
2: Around the NFL podcast has never played in the
0: NFL. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented by Intuit QuickBooks, the official sponsor of the NFL. My name is Dan Hansis. I am coming to you from a city filled with heroes in bunkers. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. What's up? Wise.
3: How's everybody doing? You sound like you're doing better. I mean, uh, when you break out the the classic Budweiser frogs, it's good times.
0: (laughs) Uh, It's just like you got to separate your life from your work. I'm just grinding. Uh, It's been a long 36 hours, but um, hopefully my wife is on a soft reboot. As of right now, she's with the children. She's in the same room as the children now. So um, I think things will slowly get back to normal, not in the world, but at least in our house, if we're lucky.
2: From what I know of Emily, uh, she will be delighted to find out that, you know, hundreds of thousands
0: of listeners have heard her described in a soft reboot mode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love the woman. She's she's the light of my life. But uh, I actually, that was the term I used her. I said, honey, listen, I'm going to be going back in the garage around 1230. And I know you're still not feeling close to 100 percent, but I'm going to need a soft reboot just, just to be there because... These kids are not it's not going to survive. It was basically Russian roulette yesterday and I got out of it. okay. the kids did not destroy the house. The house was a total mess when I got in, but no one was missing an arm or trapped underneath, you know, a bookcase or anything. Uh, But we just can't risk that that again. So Emily in a soft reboot right now. And what I'm going to do is once we figure finish up the show, um, I will, like a good husband, Hmm. um, allow her to return to her chambers and continue to rest. I think it's That's important that
2: you you need to have, like, one thing I'm finding, I, I'm enjoying, actually, my time with my kids, but uh, something starts to happen intellectually when the only person that you're interacting with is under the age of 10, essentially. And I was thinking back to a couple weeks ago when uh, Dan and Wes and I hung out with Colleen and Gonzo and, and Lakeisha and others, and I thought even that day, oh, should I be home and, you know, doing mm-hmm. the dad thing? And it's like, thank God we actually got together that day. Uh, Because I'm not sure when any of us will uh, hang out socially ever again. And I'm at the point where I'm just missing uh, jukeboxes. Um, I'm missing just the luxuries of city life and life in general and being able to go somewhere and you don't know who will be there. And now it's like it's the same conversations over and over about uh, this racing game that my two
0: children are obsessed with on the computer. I mean, (laughs) I'm starting to burn out on the topic. And they lack just basic you know, common sense and logic. So you try to have a <laughs> conversation with them and it just like goes in circles or goes off on a tangent. And it's just like, can I have an adult conversation with someone? Can no, I have, you cannot. Can I sit on a bar stool, you know? Can I just go somewhere? But there's nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. Speaking of which, I, um, of the shutdown and everyone being inside quarantined essentially, I did get out of the house briefly to run an errand uh, today and I was driving in my car and I drove past the, the grocery store and there's still a line to get into the grocery store. And I'm a little confused about the line thing. So the, we're being told by our local government that there is no issue with food shortage. OK, um, people are just keep going to the stores and buying out the stores. It, it, where are they putting all the stuff they're getting? One, if these are real questions. I'm not messing around. And two, if I am not doing the same thing. Am, am I putting uh, my family in peril? Should I be s- s- just stocking up here? What's going on? Are you guys stocking up? What's going uh, on here? What's the deal <coughs> with these grocery stores? I'm not really stocking up, but I I think
4: the line, which I saw yesterday coming out of Sprouts, which was next to Office Depot, it was a good 30, 40 feet long. I presume that people are not allowed to queue up at the register. You're not allowed to stand so close to each other. So I think they're just letting people in, like, a few people at a time. That's I what have it information, is.
0: yeah. Yeah. They,
4: The
2: Whole Foods next to my house has taped lines, and the reason the lines are so long is because you're supposed to stay six feet apart. So they're they're queuing people out, and they're only allowed to
1: have ten people in the store at once. Wow.
2: The,
3: the store Be- itself, when you get inside, I live across the street from Avon's, and I've been scouting out different ones, just seeing, like, all right, what, what's a little more Burnt empty? It. I had a guess that like the more the expensive grocery store, which is like a mile away <laughs> that I've only been to once, and I you realized I, dog in the bonds. I, I no, was a di- <laughs> this was a different bond. Uh, this was what the Bristol Farms, and it's like you go one time, you're like, why is everything so expensive? You never go back again. I had a hunch that maybe people weren't at that expensive one. That's like the the rich, and and I was right. It was like empty. But even uh, as Erica said, there are lines outside. But once you get in, it's actually the most pleasant shopping experience I've ever had at Vons. It's empty. There's no lines okay. uh, for the register. So that's the trade-off.
2: That makes I sense. like Greg being like Jimmy Stewart in Rear Window, um, <laughs> you know, binoculars on Vons for the right time to <laughs> enter. Well, you know, it it um,
3: it hasn't been an asset living here, watching um, all the accidents and bum
0: fights across the street <laughs> for the last six years. But uh, now we're back.
3: Being across the street from <laughs>
0: Vons has been good. I decided when I turned... Probably about 32 or 33 years old, that I would never wait in a line ever again to get into get in somewhere. And I'm just right. going to, whether it's a nightclub or a bar or uh, whatever, I'm going to keep that policy with the grocery store. So I'm just going to wait till this die, dies down.
4: Yeah, wait it out. Life's too short for lines. Yeah, but like I need food. Like I haven't found chicken or meat.
2: Sorry, Mark. And really? like it's so long. So you I you can't. should really
3: drive to Santa Monica because even at any time of the day, uh, it it's well stocked. Uh, yeah,
2: I told here. you come, come last over. night, Greg. I over. want you to text me so I can go to your Vons when it's like the coast is clear.
0: <laughs> I love I love that Santa Monica is this like uh, total utopia. No,
3: right? I'm not saying it's any better, but I'm just yeah. saying they got they got meat. It it was like that for the first three or four
0: days, but now it's fine. It's fine. Um, okay, so today Wednesday, Hump Day. Get over yeah, that, get over that. I, mean, I
2: guess there's not. It's really not a functional Monday through Friday environment right at the moment. So I don't know what hump day uh,
3: having no podcast on the weekend will be different. I mean, that's that's a. Yeah.
4: What's on the other side of the hump? Uh, there, there's no days know? anymore. More sweatpants. <laughs>
0: right. We have, we have socially distanced from days of the week, but uh, Erica searching for meat. <laughs> today's show. <laughs> <laughs> Today's show, we're just going to do basically a news rundown and just get you caught up on what's happened uh, since we last uh, spoke to you on Tuesday and there was a fair uh, bit of info. So unless anyone has anything else they want to add, you want to just dive into it? Well, just maybe as a tease, like the
3: the Nicole Roby Coleman news has – Rocked the NFL and yes. we were texting about it quite a bit. And so that will sleep. be that'll be our big sell of the show. Stay tuned for
2: that.
0: And you you're gonna think because it's the last news item, it's the least <laughs> important, but it actually it's the other way around. It's like going to Lollapalooza or something. It's or, our segment. Coachella. It's you know, the headliner. <laughs> Just look
4: at it. NFC arms way. race twenty twenty. <laughs> Roby Coleman to
0: the Eagles. Let's do some news. All right, let's start with a little bit of league calendar information. The league year started on time, as we all know, after much uh, hand-wringing about whether the NFL should push it back because of COVID-19 and the coronavirus. They did not, as we all know. And that doesn't mean that internally in the league that there's still a push for this league calendar to have some flexibility given the completely – Um, unique circumstances that we're dealing with right now as a society. ESPN's Adam Schefter and Diana Rossini uh, reported that NFL GMs are in favor of the 2020 NFL draft being postponed, but Roger Goodell plans on keeping the April 23rd start date. Um, I am on record. Once again, that is my 40th birthday. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. How about, you know, things are already kind of terrible. Just give me the day off for my birthday. Uh, Rog... (laughs) be cool about this it's already been kind of a rough uh, 2020 uh that's where I stand all the GMs agree probably for a similar reason uh what do you guys come down on this do you think there should be a postponement the the, the I should explain what's behind it beyond my birthday that because of all the pro days <laughs> being wiped away and this all the scouts being taken off the road essentially it's put all the NFL teams in a place where they feel very uncomfortable they're making huge decisions and they feel like they may not be prepared uh by next month
4: Yeah, I hate to be the house boy here, but I'm fine with this being in the hands of the people who are actually talking to decision makers and higher ups. Uh, Out of all the things to be outraged about, I don't think that the NFL draft is really on on the top of my radar.
3: No, I I hear you, but I also understand why the, the GMs are trying to have their voices heard. I think there's an idea that there's a competitive disadvantage depending on maybe where you live and what... What each team's situation is going to be, in what the world could look like in in a month, uh, that your team could be really in a place where you don't feel like you can do the draft as well as as you can, versus maybe another team in in a city where it's not as bad. It's not still in a lockdown. Like I get it. Like the Olympics is a much bigger deal. The draft you can do just you know, calling in a pick. But Mickey Loomis said, this isn't a, a, a fantasy draft. What What is the rush? And I think it, the GMs are kind of saying, like, what is the world going to be like in six weeks? Because it, you might just be delaying the inevitable, which is, de- which is canceling it then. I mean, maybe that's Roger Goodell's idea, is that, like, by not canceling it now, you leave open the window that you could do it mm-hmm. and that it's still up for debate. Uh, but I, I think it's understandable to maybe want to push it.
2: Yeah, I don't have a problem with waiting a little bit, though, uh, just to see. I mean, it doesn't sound like anything's really going to change between now and and the draft from what you generally hear, but if, you know, a little bit more time before it's officially moved, um, I I defined it to be the second sort of major um, league year event where there's a strong voice from 32 front offices, or at least a, a large majority of them, saying, can we hold off on the league year? Can we hold off on the draft? and Uh, Goodell is pushing back which makes me wonder what the owners think but you know they are at this point it sounds like shutting down um, today I believe all facilities so that that because initially it was like the teams in New York and the teams in California distinctly had a we're at a disadvantage because they couldn't assemble in any way where if you're you know somewhere else that was still possible in some states so that's meant to level the playing field Uh, I that That helps, but it still creates um a lot of issues on how to communicate and if you're a first year front office and a first year coaching staff, I just think that this season is going to the the mounting mm. um, complications and pressure to cohere as a team um, are going to be incredible for the new for the new groups versus say the Steelers or the Saints that have been doing the same thing and the same operating the same way
0: forever roger goodell if you if you had a uh, look at an imaginary National Football League flowchart, he answers to the owners ultimately, correct? Yes. So if 32 GMs all agree, why wouldn't ownership just ramp up the pressure on good old Rog and make this happen? So that's one thing I was wondering. The other thing is the gears of the machine have already been ground to a halt. They cleared out the whole Vegas thing. There's nothing to be postponed in terms of an actual physical setting. So it does feel like something they could probably change on the fly without there being a ton of you know logistical concerns so
3: yeah that's true and to be clear about this report there is something called a gm subcommittee and they did take a vote um and it was 6 to 1 in in favor of pushing it so there's there's some level of of making this official i did talk to someone who works from a team and like once free agency ended I think everyone in the NFL that's in a front office just turned the page and is straight into draft mode. Everyone is just watching tape. They're just doing it at home, you know, and they're probably talking like us on – on Zoom or what, whatever they want to, or sending an email. But it sounds like like personnel departments. I think they're just like on their computers watching tape. It, it's not for them too different, except you know if you have families, they're surrounded by their families just like we are.
2: The one other thing I would say that they need to think about, and you know others are suggesting this too, that if these if OTAs and training camps and all this other stuff are wiped out, I mean, and even before you have rookies involved um, in the process of the off season. That the ability to kind of like have coaches share information with players where they put that big freeze on that. I think they should loosen some of that and say this is a very unusual off season. Let's help all these teams have as much communication as they can with their players about new schemes, offense, defense. I just again, I just think that there's we're going to see a playoff field so similar to last year if it's the same if if new if new teams and new like you know staffs are forced to get it done in like no time i don't I like do, that situation i'd uh,
0: i'd put a sandwich on that mark although your logic is sound on, on some why? on some level i think there's just turnover every year and there would i don't think it would be i don't see a direct correlation to that. Although maybe I by the like time it.
2: you get to September and October, like you are where you are, or even by the end of August. But if there's no training camp, it does it. Do, it is going to like f up certain operations that are starting over with completely. No, new I get offenses, that. I
0: totally know? get that. But also every year you see teams that are supposed to be locked and loaded and looking hot and dandy with their coaches and their personnel, and then they just. <laughs> flat line anyway. So I these don't know. conversations
3: are so weird. Like if you take a step back and put ourselves into the mind that we were in a month ago and that we're at home having a conversation, how the global pandemic is going to affect like pro days. Oh, my God. It's just yeah. like. It's just like and it's true, like it is something to think about because the NFL is just this tiny little part of the world. But we we can talk about that tiny part. But it is so freaking bizarre. Everything is terrible.
0: Um, (laughs) Let's get into some personnel moves. We'll start in New Orleans, where the Saints and Janaris Jenkins agree on a two year, 16.75 million dollar extension takes him through uh, 2022. Rap Sheet had this. Uh, he came over to the Saints, Jackrabbit uh, off waivers from the Giants, had some butting of heads behind the scenes uh, with a G-man, uh, and he played pretty well with the Saints. And now they give him a new deal uh, that if he stayed employed for those two years, would be playing cornerback at age 34, potentially. And you line him up across the Marshawn Lattimore, and that's not a bad combo. I'm amazed by the Saints team's ability to stay so
3: talented this off season. Like, this contract's, a, I think, a very team-friendly contract. He played well for the Saints last year. They're, they're getting an upgrade over Eli Apple. You look at their roster. I was thinking about it like the the hardest thing to do in the NFL is be a top-five team every year. And I think that's you know, one of the amazing things about the Belichick-Brady run is, is that they did it. And And I think the Saints have a chance to be a top-five team For the fourth straight year. and I don't know any team other than the Patriots who's had, like, there haven't been many teams who's had a three to four straight year run like that where there's no dip. Uh, Saints fans will obviously be the first to say, like, it just doesn't feel like that uh, exciting when when you don't capitalize on it by doing anything in January.
2: It's funny because they had that string of like seven and nine years over and over where people wondered if maybe Sean Payton was running out of rope. And I, I remember I used to wonder what Mickey Loomis was actually doing as an NFL GM when he spent all his time, you know, cobbling together uh, the Pelicans. I didn't understand that arrangement. But they have been one of those premier teams, and everyone's oh, – the Bucks are loading up for, you know, to win the division and march right into the playoffs. Well, it's like, sorry, the Saints are doing the same exact thing. And I, I – right now, I don't care what is happening. I trust the Saints – to be there at the end more than I do the Bucks, no matter what which, Tampa's which, getting together.
0: Which take do you feel less confident about uh, in March 2020? Mickey Loomis has too much on his hands, and that's why the Saints aren't winning. Or Bruce Arians, his heart isn't in it with the Bucks. <laughs> uh,
2: well, I think that I, I think at this point, like they both they've both been proven false. There was a period where I think that my Mickey Loomis concerns were well, they know, went seven and nine three straight years. That was right. when you were honking That's about when that. I was beating yeah. that drum. It's not it like, these are a team three though. and I'm it not sure Loomis bit. cares about this team, you know.
3: Sometimes like you know, Max Kellerman or Stephen A. Smith it's not about whether the the take is right or not. Is it, was it a good take? It was that was a great take. Yeah I love so, it. That, it's
0: all that matters. <laughs> it was a saucy take. It was a saucy take. <laughs> uh, in other news speaking of the Bucks and Domican Sue uh, is staying in town. He agrees to a one year, eight million dollar contract uh, the Bucks are all of a sudden in a place that people really want to be at because Tom Brady's the quarterback. Uh, so you got Shaq Barrett back there on the franchise tag. You got JPP, uh, who just resigned for two, two years. And now Sue, he's 33 years old now, but he played a ton of snaps last season. He's, at least according to metrics, advanced metrics, um, PFF and the like, he's fine to okay to find at this point in his career. But a nice little piece and continuity along the defensive line Uh, is a good thing as long as you're not a progress stopper right Wes he had a pretty good year last
4: year the Bucks nobody could run on them with Vita Vea who I think might be the best nose tackle in the NFL now and Sue and then you've got like you said JPP and Shaq Barrett the middle linebackers with Devin White and Levante David Uh, this is a really good front seven and I don't think you're going to be able to run on them again this year if there is a this year.
0: Uh, Sue, according to PFF, was the number 30 interior lineman out of 119 qualifiers. So, yes, um, he played at a high level. Not bad for a guy that's uh, been doing it for, what, 13 years or so now. Football Outsiders
3: keeps track of, you know, run defense. And there's some stat, I think, like three of the of the top five run defenses of the last 20 years, Todd Bowles has been associated with. So that, that's what the bowls of sans gives you.
2: he's got to it's, it's a good thing too, that uh, Tom Brady wasn't one of the people that Sue stomped on back in his bad boy days in Detroit, because now they're going to be, you know, hanging out with each other, uh, eating spaghetti. I kind of miss like that, that Sue.
0: I like that Sue way better. Like the, the misunderstood uh, ball player who just likes to play hard and stomp a guy and kick a guy in the nuts every once in a while. I uh, like him better than the guy hanging out with Lee Iacocca and talking about Chrysler. Yeah.
2: I once interviewed his mom for that celebrated Mother's Day piece. I think I mentioned, <laughs> and uh, she went on a long riff that. about. She went on a long riff about how, um, you know, she she was like, oh, when he was a little boy, he loved playing with his Legos. I was like, I just can't really imagine uh, Nedda and Sue as a Lego master, but but apparently he was very skilled.
0: It's impressive how often you bring up that Mother's Day <laughs> What's
3: the Listen, link? I, how do know. we get... What's the link? What's the vanity URL? You know Mark? what? Here's I'm what you do. You go it.
2: to NFL.com backslash Sessler, and you just scroll down and down and down. I don't think it had a vanity URL. I
0: just did Mother's Day Mark Sessler. Let's see. That'll probably do it.
2: Well, I don't, we don't need to invest in, it, in too much more time into this. What it project. means
0: to be the mother of an NFL star. May 11th, 2017. Oh, under the sidelines banner uh wow. Site And uh They were, were really, hurting for content. Uh you got uh, as you said, you had uh Bernadette Sue, Donna Kelsey uh under the subhead before the lights.
2: Two birds one stone with that one cuz you mm. you, know, you get two players involved there. Two so.
0: champion sons now.
3: You, maybe maybe you should get a little credit for that.
2: Yeah, it doesn't seem no one seems to be willing to uh <laughs> that angleson unexplored <laughs> this article is part of the rise of the eagles and
0: chiefs is there another mom in here i just see bernadette and uh, Donna. well
2: there was a controversial
0: um Ooh, Diane of this bolden article that Diane I can't get into. bolden is that anquan's mother someone's no, mother I was taken was, out of the copy isn't it that that right? was we brandon can say that. marshall's
2: mom if i'm not mistaken with a different last name ah, yes there was a there was a mom who gave me a great interview and she was pulled from the project because the son uh got into some mischief that they didn't want to uh have advertised in, in this story. Ricky will bleep no, it I'm out. Not, no, Ricky I'm will I'm bleep not. it out.
0: Just tell us. All right, it was oh, f- Back when yes. he had his, you know. Yeah. Yep, mm. yeah. say no more. Okay. Say no more. Moving. Um, One question anyway.
4: before we move on. One question yeah. for the general group. Does anybody here, all these sea poems we're singing about the Bucks run defense, does anybody here have any idea how important run defense is in today's game? I remember Greg saying last year that teams like the Chiefs and the Patriots are almost inviting other teams to run on them now. I just don't know in today's NFL how important it is to be able to shut down, say, Ezekiel Elliott on a given week.
0: Also, I think that's fair. That's a fair question. And and Greg, you bring up the Bulls' assault of so often. Uh, did you actually think they had a good year last year overall defensively?
3: Yes, because they ended so strong and they they've been trying to develop some young players in the secondary forever. And they finally did it at the end of the year and they had some star making um, performances. So, yeah, I I think they were a pretty good uh, defense. To answer your question, Wes, I don't think it's as it's not it's not like one third as important as stopping a pass. That's that's the problem.
2: Also, I mean, you, when your quarterback is giving the ball away at the pace that Winston did, you're putting your defense with the pick sixes, with the bad field position in a terrible spot. So I would, I'd almost look at that more than yards allowed on the ground in some cases.
3: We got people paid,
0: Dan, JPP, Shaq Barrett. He's getting making people Good. money. Good, good. I'm happy when people make money. Speaking of star-making performances down the stretch for the Bucks, Brashad Perryman really uh, lit it up for the Bucks after Mike Evans went out for the rest of the season in December last year. I think he had over 500 yards and five touchdowns in the in December. So he lands with the New York Jets, who lost Robbie Anderson the day before uh, or the same day, and the Jets lock uh, Perryman up uh, to a one-year, eight million dollar contract, six million of that guaranteed. So. Um, whether or not you think that Robbie Anderson is an upgrade, the jets essentially look to have uh, saved a little bit of money here here, gave, gave himself more flexibility. Boomer Sison, by the way, former jet. And now he uh, does. He's a big time, uh, New York radio guy um, said uh, yesterday that the jets offered Robbie Anderson four years for 40 and he took two years for 20. So, I guess they just, uh, you know, he's a combination of betting on himself a little bit, or just he wanted the Jets to go up on that annual number, and it just never happened. But Perryman's in the building. I never thought much of him as a player. I know he's bounced around, former first round pick with the Ravens, but obviously what he did at the end of last season caught my eye and and gives me some optimism that he can play.
4: He was on my red flag wrist list because he didn't play until the other receivers got injured and. It's my theory that Jameis Winston gooses wide receiver numbers just because he's always throwing. He's he's not afraid to throw in any situation whether the guy's open or not. So I, I don't know if Jameis Winston wide receiver stats transfer to other quarterbacks. I, I just mm. don't know. And I know he, you know, Perriman is thought of really high in the fantasy community because he did well during the fantasy playoffs. But again, a guy who didn't really see the field much until those guys got injured in front of him. Perriman also
2: a couple days ago I, I there was a Perriman no nugget where he was saying, I wanna stay in Tampa. I mean not not even it's the Tom Brady thing, but because I love the Bruce Arians, you know, deep centric offense. And I wonder what that what happens to him in the Jets. I actually thought in Cleveland two seasons ago, um, that's what helped him get that Tampa job was I thought he played all right when the Browns when before Baker, you know, had last year's he was throwing the deep ball pretty well and Perriman did some good stuff so I I think it's more like
0: do you trust the Jets to get the most out of a player like this TBD and I think you definitely don't want him to be your number one or one a guy so you still expect the Jets to go in the draft and and go get a guy to pair with uh, Jameson Crowder Uh, and you got Chris Herndon at tight end we shall see mentioned in Sue. Sioux um, he was connected to the Cowboys as a possibility for Dallas, uh, but they settle on a different defensive lineman, Don Terry Poe. Um, Rapsheed had this. Uh, he, he signs, uh, he agrees to terms with the Cowboys leaving the Panthers. Uh, he's entering his age 30 season. Like Gerald McCoy, Greg, a guy that maybe uh, was a bigger star two or three years ago, uh, but maybe this uh, uh, man could still play the guitar. <laughs>
3: I I think he's the type of signing they need to have c- because I've been banging the drum. They just don't have any defensive linemen, and I actually think like these low cost, short term veterans who can still play are maybe the only people that are undervalued in free agency. Because yeah, you're not getting them for like three years, but you can go put them on the field, and that that has a lot of value, especially for a team like for the like the Cowboys who just don't have any defensive linemen. They still need more. I mean they they only have. Like four guys who I think you could look at as someone that you would want to put out on the field. So he, he's a good addition.
0: All right, moving on. Tajay Sharp is now the new uh, wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, who have a vacancy to fill with Stefan Diggs now with Josh Allen in Buffalo. It is a one year, $1 million contract. He'll start potentially opposite Adam Thielen. Uh, like the Jets, the Vikings, it makes sense that they will perhaps uh, pursue this position further in a highly rich wide receiver draft class where there could be, uh, I believe there is some absurd number. I read yesterday that 20 or 30 wide receivers could be taken in the first four rounds. Is that even possible? Or at least
3: that they have first three round grades. Yeah.
0: But anyway, whatever It might be wrong, the exact um, uh, note there, but You could get a guy in the top three rounds that you're going to feel pretty good about based on the grades and the scouting from a lot of these uh, teams across the league.
4: Tajay Sharp was a guy who was behind Adam Humphreys for most of last year and played in December when Humphreys was hurt. Played fairly well, but he's also a guy you're not going to expect him to get more than 500 yards in a season, so he's not really moving the needle for that Vikings offense.
3: I mean that it's, might be that's one of the worst receiver cores in the league right now behind Thielen. I guess you have Thielen, but after that they don't have they don't have anyone.
2: I mean there were times though it seemed like by having sort of two stars in in that specific offense which was, you know, run heavy, a lot like at the top of the league in terms of like multiple tight end sets that that caused some of the issues with Diggs uh it's, to me with with Cousins and how the whole like attack flowed but I'd be shocked if they're not using that draft pick from Buffalo to wheel and deal and move up and get the wide receiver they want. I mean, I don't know. You can't go into the season with a fourth rounder
0: added to Tajay Sharp. Speaking of Stefan Diggs, Mark Sessler dropped a bomb on Twitter. Sam Bradford didn't even know what hit him. Here's the tweet from Mark. Daily reminder that Sam Bradford made $129,982,500 to go thirty-four forty-eight and one He's not done yet. Folks never made a pro bowl or an all pro team. Never started a playoff game. Very possibly lives in a castle right now off the coast of some majestic ocean. And the very Stefan Diggs got into Mark's replies. Really? Yes. And I won't say, I won't, I won't say he clapped back at you, Mark. Uh, I didn't take it aggressively, but no, but he, uh, I think he wanted to defend a former teammate, uh, this is what Diggs wrote. But let's not forget the teams Sam was a part of, one of the smartest QBs IQ-wise and one of the most accurate as well. When healthy, when healthy, one could argue he was pretty damn good. So Mr. Uh, you know, Twitter warrior, Mr. guy on the sidelines, never played a snap. This is the real talk right here from a player from our league.
2: Wait, I'm the Twitter warrior. That's how. That's that's who, the role I'm playing.
0: Well, it's basically I mean, what he's doing. He's saying, I, like, listen, if you were actually there, you would know that there were qualities to him that made him attractive as a player. I, while not disagreeing with you that he probably got no, I think wildly two, two quick
2: things. though. I think one that part, you know, I you're not going to go. I'm not doing these like threads where you're, t- t- you know, adding 55 things to it. But he was the last like no, first overall pick that got. One of those ridiculous rookie deals, and that sort of set it off to begin with. So it's not Sam Bradford's; it's not his fault that he got, you know, he looks ridiculous. What it, payday.
0: Why did Sam Bradford but, enter your your mind yesterday? Uh, because your I have a, 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 like
2: you know, like at this point, you know, you're just you know these groups of friends and all these text threads going around. And I have one friend that is um, very anti-pro athlete in general, making gobs of money when they're actually sort of a lot of times thuggish or they don't perform well and I mentioned the Bradford <laughs> contract. As something Is that a that was take from 1992?
4: Ridiculous. What's going on? The what? Is that a take from 1992? What is all going these, on that uh, All these he,
2: players
0: with their do-rags and their posses. Well,
2: I don't, you know, I, I was saying that there are a lot of really actually good people in the NFL, but there are some contrasts that look ridiculous. But I, my thing with Sam Bradford is, like, I I always struggled. If you'd giving me top five most memorable Sam Bradford moments.
3: Well, I've got one I'm not for the you. person to we write that article. We got that Saints game. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, you know why Diggs is sticking up for him? Because he was there. Uh, for that week one Sam Bradford performance in 2017. Wes, you did that top 20 game pass games. That should have been number one on the list. Sam Bradford dealing.
4: Yeah, find me a game with better ball placement by a quarterback than that game.
2: But what would two through five be? I, I mean, I'm just saying None. it's not someone that, you just you know, there are not a lot of magical moments created by this guy that made $130 million. That's uh, all. There was, a, like,
3: th- there was like a good tie he had, I remember, I think, when he was part of the St. Louis Rams. I, I, I forget, Ooh, with some really I good tie. Yeah. And, and it was like, yep. this is very typical Bradford, that he had his best performance. What, who, who was it against?
0: The Seahawks, I think, where it ended up in a tie. Um, he was
4: good for a couple ties a year.
0: Yeah, and, and also, <laughs> Mark, I was watching... A really kind of underrated TV series out there. Whether you're a fan of wrestling or not, it's called Dark Side of the Ring on Vice, which is a real network, and I wasn't really aware of. Uh, but it was a they did an episode yesterday on uh, the death of Chris Benoit, and it went through a lot of the that period in wrestling history. And you you dig into how much abuse uh, the the pro wrestlers wait play it again, Ricky. Let's hear the guy say it's real to me. Damn it,
1: it's still real to me. Damn it, <laughs> I mean, thank it you, easy, man
0: how much abuse they they do to their bodies. Sam Bradford, Mark, he left his body on the field of the NFL. Uh he in stadiums across the country, that man's body will never be the same. He laid it all out there trying to be a great QB. It just didn't I, take.
2: I don't doubt that. And like I actually after I thought that, you know, maybe thirty people would click like on that thing and it kind of for some reason in this space where everyone just sitting in their houses kind of blew up. And I then felt bad because the last thing I want is like Sam Bradford and his like cousin like to see it or something. or his wife. I mean, it's, you well, know, Plus so.
3: you're doing it daily. You said it's going to be a daily no, I'm not reminder.
2: No, We're, it's waiting. It's We're, running. Running its We're cor- waiting to hear it's it. Re- it's run its course. Uh, what, I about, believe,
0: so. what about Richie Bradford, his nine-year-old son? Yes. He has same suddenly, age as Luke.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I'm going to take a break from Twitter. I feel like I crossed <laughs> the boundary there. So. I don't, I don't know if he has a son.
4: If you made 143000000 million, you'd name your son Richie too.
0: Uh, Oh we have Tyler Eifert News Sound the Tyler Eifert Alarm the Your boy, former, my boy, the former Bengals tight end, uh, has signed a two-year contract with the Jaguars, so he can make some magic with Gardner Minshew. Hopefully, it's funny. I have long been, as you guys are alluding to, and anybody that listens to the show, been a supporter of Tyler Eifert. I loved him as a player. He finally, he was one of the more injury-play guys that we've seen in the last decade of the NFL. Finally, played 16 games last year, and I lost interest in him. I just, you know, I kind of lost track of him, didn't care about him as much. So I think I was always more intrigued by him playing really well until week seven and then suffering a, you know, a gruesome ankle dislocation or a torn labrum or a busted neck, all these different things he went through. Uh, And it kept him interesting to me. Once he had a full sample size uh, at his age, I kind of got out on Tyler Eifert. But. (laughs) You know what? It's fine. I'm glad he's still cashing paychecks, and uh, good for him. He got two years. This is up there with the draft occurring on your birthday. <laughs> it is. It's right there. Can't really
4: fault you for not grinding a 2019 Bengals tape.
0: Yeah, I would love to know what Eifert's numbers were, actually. Um, uh, it was like 40 for 400
3: or so. I mean, the, the problem, you know, so not Jimmy to be cruel, is after all of these injuries, <laughs> it's hard to expect... Um, you know, a guy to have the the potential that, that he had before all of them happened that got you so excited, Dan.
0: Yeah, I think it was a foot injury, an ankle injury, a leg injury, uh, all sorts of lower body stuff, and that takes a toll on the big men. Uh, I, mean, I
2: don't think it happens if Jake Rudin – I think Jake Rudin's there and he probably said, let's – this guy know.
0: Cool. Uh, the Bengals, uh, speaking of which, uh, the <laughs> Bengals signed right. Von Bell <laughs> –
2: I'm just going to step out if you don't mind. I, I don't have any reason cool. to be here at this point. Yeah, so.
0: no, you buttoned it up well, so there wasn't much okay. else to say. Uh, the Bengals signed safety Von Bell, formerly of the Saints, three-year deal. Uh, so Cincinnati keeps spending money. I love it, Wes. Come on back, Wes. Get on the cornhole boards, crank up the Bob Seger, <laughs> fire up the grill, and let's get pumped. You know, you alluded yesterday to the fact that over the
4: last five years, they spent about $50 million, and now it is up to, this offseason, 127000000 million. They've spent on unrestricted free agents from other teams. They really needed to overhaul the entire secondary. They bring in Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander from the Vikings, Von Bell from the Saints. They sign LaShawn Sims from the Titans. And I'm a little worried about those cornerbacks, but the safety duo of Von Bell and Jesse Bates is really good. Sean Williams, who had been starting at safety, looks to me like a guy who can move into sort of that nickel linebacker role. Uh, this is a much better secondary than they had last year.
2: You I have a question. If they were picking 19th and had no assurances at all of getting any quarterback, would they be doing all this? Or is this you know not unlike Tom Brady and Tampa Bay? like They finally feel like we've got our dude and mm. – we're we're stacking this up
4: i mean you got to give zach taylor a chance right to me that's that's part of it this guy came in and it seemed like half the team got injured in his first year there and then the other half they're just washing away they're not even there anymore you got to give this guy some players and and now he's got some i I do wonder
3: go ahead dan
0: no i was just gonna say it's it it makes it seem like the Bengals are almost self-aware that they are viewed a certain way and they need to make changes, which would be you know highly welcome.
3: Go ahead. Well, I just wonder if the effect of the, that fan base getting so apathetic, they they probably right now have the most apathetic fan base in the NFL. It No one's in that stadium. And I, I, yeah, I, that is self-awareness. Maybe Mike Brown is looking at it and thinking like we, we cannot afford another one in 15 season or else we're going to lose this town.
2: Yeah, maybe like maybe Paul Brown appeared to him the way that like you know like Obi wan Kenobi Force Ghost did, does occasionally and says,
0: "Clean this up, son."
2: If
4: Please Paul Brown appeared up. to him, he would not be saying, "Spend money."
2: Oh well, fair.
0: You'd I didn't fire get, him. I didn't get the reference, <laughs> Mark, but I, I follow along. I knew you didn't. It's yeah. a
2: it's a it's an adventure science fiction film that um uh, came out in nineteen seventy seven in nineteen eighty. Finally, a sequel.
0: Uh, oh, Devin Funches, uh, Pelissero reports the Packers are expected to sign Devin Funches, so all their problems are uh, taken care of. Um, Brian Gutekunst doesn't need to do any more work on the wide receiver room because Devin Funches is in the building. And now someone's going to say, yeah, but he looked like he could have been a good signing with the Colts until he broke his collarbone in week one. All right, go ahead. Get excited about Devin Funches. If, if I'm if i getting excited about Prashad Perriman, you could get excited about Devin Funches. Have fun with it.
4: Hard pass
2: return. on both. How about that?
4: <laughs> cool. I mean cool. Funches has some potential, cool. but but does he really have more potential than Alan Lazard? I I don't know how much more he does have.
0: The lizard. Finally, the news we've all been waiting <laughs> for. The Eagles sign. Cornerback, Nickel, Roby, Coleman. Coleman, Coleman, Coleman. <laughs> NRC! So they pair NRC with Darius Slay in their remade secondary. And, of course, Ricky, pop quiz. Your football knowledge has really, I would imagine, gone up tenfold since you joined uh, our podcast, so I'm going to hit you up with a little trivia. Nickel Roby Coleman, most famous and his forever legacy in the NFL will be The Saints game. The no call. Very Very good, good, Ricky. Ricky. That's my girl. Ow! Yeah. (laughs) God, love you. Anyway. (laughs) Cool. He's on the uh, Eagles now. Nice nice ball player. Nice ball player. I like him.
1: A little aggressive. Yeah. (laughs) You know.
4: Yeah. Another team that remade (laughs) their secondary. A little bit. They also signed Will Parks from the Broncos, who had several teams interested in his services, can play either safety or or nickel corner. So they've got a pretty interesting secondary now, much better than last year's.
3: Hey, ultimately he helped, you know, he sent them to the super bowl. I mean, got a little lucky with the no call there, but, uh, it was yeah, a smart that's move. True.
0: That's true. Um, Ricky, since you're, you're, let's do a little heat check, uh, late last night or early in the morning, the stimulus deal passed in Washington. Yeah. Uh, will we all be getting checks? Again, not a joke. I want to know, does everyone get a check or do certain people get checks? Who gets a check now that this multi trillion dollar stimulus deal has been passed uh, in the Senate? I think
3: it's just going to bail out the major companies, right? So they can pay their
2: employees like I don't. Greg's shaking his head. Do you know more than I do? I don't I don't know.
0: Congress. Sorry.
3: Um, no, they families are getting it. You might get one there, Erica, because, you know, you don't have a, you know, a spouse.
0: Yeah. So, like, just, as
2: a 19 year old getting like two grand handed to them, and they're probably like, So, what do I, it's, what like do I flat, do? it's
3: like a flat, it's like a flat for basically anyone
0: back? that, that, uh, filed, you know, taxes. You know, mm. Simone, Mark, your wife, she does your taxes. I know so much about you. Um, and I have an ungood authority that she might be looking to cook some books to get a stimulus check in your house. <laughs> 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 Listen, I would, I would invite
2: it. Um, you know but if you're if you're sitting around waiting for this check to come hit your front door, I just feel like with the way that you know things are operating that that will be a nice moment in two thousand twenty six <laughs> <laughs> you got to be planning more than just waiting for some you know spending money to hit you hit the seat please yeah. but i wouldn't i we have been we have been cooking the books tax wise for years and years, so come get me uh f b i slash CIA slash
0: whoever else. Uncle Sam, usually people, IRS, yeah, like the,
2: IRS, I IRS yeah. primarily the IRS didn't come to me. You
0: know. <laughs> the CIA knocks on your door. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. <laughs> um, they got bigger issues right now. That's what's happening in the news. Before we sign off, very sad news. Uh, Sean Sullivan, we know him as Sully. Uh, he used to work with us. You know him as a longtime listener to the show. His mother passed away uh, this week, which is, you know, really tragic and terrible. Uh, so we send out our condolences to Sully. Love you, Sully. One of the best dudes there is. Yeah. Um, so he's going through, obviously, a very tough time during circumstances that are, were already difficult. So, Sully, we love you, and uh, hang in there, buddy. Really sorry to hear that. Uh, we will be back on Thursday, tomorrow, with our fourth show of the week. So make sure... Uh, you check that out. Also, a little uh, plug, Will Brinson over at CBS. We love our boy Will. I'm going to be on his program uh, tomorrow, the Pick 6 podcast, I believe it is. Yeah, it's good. I've watched that a few times. I've enjoyed it. I'll be joining Will tomorrow, so look look for that. Um, follow Will on Twitter. He's a great Twitter artist. Um, and, Send me uh, a,
4: sent me a very nice text yesterday asking how Keisha and I were doing with the pregnancy. What, what a nice guy Will Brinson is. He's a southern gentleman. That's what yes, he is. absolutely. He's One
2: fine. other plug, He's I will be appearing on uh, CNN tonight, too. uh They asked me just to come on and talk about kind of the NFL, the effects, this whole thing. So uh, 7 p.m. Eastern on uh, CNN. I was
0: uh, quarreling with the Cuomo brothers on CNN on Monday night, so they must have uh, All right, well, went back to they, the love. They
2: obviously said, we've had enough of uh, Dan. Let's try to get well, this I, other guy in here.
4: I robbed a bank and went live on my Instagram
2: when I did it. Well,
4: Mark and Dan, that practice with Kaepernick and the sky sports hit really has come in handy for you guys. They must've seen that and started to ask you about politics. Everything took off the minute that we, you know, we sat and completed that eight minute
2: assignment (laughs) still to our
0: heads. The most surreal assignment, there have been many surreal assignments at NFL media, but the first year we went to London, um, we went to sky sports and they're obviously the four of us and they split us up into groups of two Um, Wes and Greg Um, (laughs) sat on a a couch with an attractive woman who asked them questions about fantasy, Uh, all fantasy questions like, what do you fancy most about fantasy football, y'all experts? And they were laughing it up and yucking it up, and then we got sent down to this basement studio. It was like a uh, hardcore newsroom, and we got put under these hot lights it, with the two head anchors of Sky Sports to be asked about what? Mark Sky Sports well, News. It was. It was. I, I believe in three or four questions
2: in a row about Kaepernick, but they were also pressed for time. It was at the end of the hour, and so the minute they asked these like a bomb. Ka- questions, which we were practiced not to, you know, we were not thinking that was coming. They're like, please go, go, like without verbally, like non-verbally,
0: like move, move, move through your answer. So uh, Dan and I were just like, I'm gonna, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna. and then uh, to, to make clear, it wasn't even Sky Sports. It was just Sky. It was, it was there. Sky it was News. The, yeah. It was Sky News, News, CNN. Part of the stage. So yeah, we so. we basically, we went back up at the elevator, like two guys that had seen too much in war. We couldn't believe, but we were just basically being the mouth. <laughs> Good analogy. Piece. For the thirteen billion dollar NFL, about the health of the league and concussions and Colin Kaepernick, and then as we get back to the holding area, there's Greg and Wes kick back with their hands on their heads, like fantasy's just the game, and once people realize that, (laughs) they'll be a lot better off.
2: (laughs) That, that created a division between the group that did not um, cease for the rest of the trip. We, uh, we were drinking
3: tea, I believe, that. at the time. And then ne- the next year, you actually you made, a, made it clear that Wes and I had to do the Sky News hit that year, thinking it was going to be like ultimate payback, but it was a totally uh, relaxed situation there, too. Yeah, there weren't,
0: like, uh, (laughs) hard-hitting off-the-field
3: They were just like, hey,
0: what do you think about, like, football in England? (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Uh, All right, so we will uh, see you again tomorrow. ATN Podcast presented by Intuit QuickBooks, official sponsor of the NFL. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, and Rick Hollywood in her domicile until Thursday.